0: program tonight the new chinese biolab
1: threat our country was decimated by covid 19 from a wuhan lab and this seems to be a wuhan lab 2.0 the
0: chinese allegedly ran a secret lab in california with some of the most dangerous pathogens known to man now the same company wants to open another facility
2: never have seen this in my 26 year career with the county of fresno
0: why the FBI seems so unconcerned. Controversial cops. And I hereby as a citizen of the town of Mayberry in the United States of America, arrest. Could non-citizens turn police officers be the answer to America's police recruiting problem?
1: Undocumented immigrants are not allowed to become police officers in the state of Illinois still. You're paying for it.
0: A Florida man wants millions because Taco Bell didn't live up to its advertising. What's really in the chalupa? (laughs) Welcome to the Ferris Show on television. First tonight, the growing controversy over something called transracial change. That's people on social media and elsewhere who don't feel comfortable in their birth race. So they identify with another race. Of course, the obvious answer is you are born the race you're born kind of like the way we all once agreed that you are born the sex that you are. But a predictable reaction, perhaps, to people changing their sex is people who want to change their assigned race. Transgender people and their supporters hate this concept, and with good reason. Because if people can change their race at will, it makes a mockery of equity and inclusion and diversity programs. This new concept of transracial challenges the entire power structure that has been built over the past five or ten years. NBC News reports it as inside the online world of people who think they can change their race. Think, the emphasis word. Practitioners of race change to another, or RCTA, purport to be able to manifest physical changes in their appearance and even their genetics to truly become a different race. Naturally, NBC describes this as a dangerous trend. You can't change your race because race involves shared cultural experiences. Much like being a boy or girl usually involves certain experiences. So with that in mind, let's meet five-star bunny, also known as Aliyah, who's 14. She was born Egyptian, but identifies now as Korean or Japanese. Quote, things I did before I am RCTA. If I had to choose, I'd always choose a Japanese dish. I tried learning Japanese. For my whole life, I felt a part of me was missing. Whenever I saw a Japanese person, I'd especially try to make a good impression. So if Aaliyah wanted to become Alex, we would all be required to accept it. That's the current thinking. But if Aaliyah wants to become Japanese, she is somehow confused and misguided. NBC quotes Jamie Cohen, an assistant professor of cultural and media studies at Queens College. If it is, quote, just belief it doesn't ever really work because it's not doing anything. But they, meaning people who want to change their race, have convinced themselves that it works because there's other people who have convinced themselves as well. Now, if you said the exact same things about a young girl who decided to become a young man, you'd be accused of being transphobic. With us now, Jay Michelson, author of Good vs Gay, the Religious Case for Equality, and joins us now uh, Jay, appreciate it. We're all for equality here and fairness. So why do transgender people or kids deserve equality, fairness, acceptance, but transracial do not?
2: Well, one difference between the transgender phenomenon and this invention of transracial is that the science of gender is, you know, 50 years old. Every major medical organization from the APA and everybody else has clear protocols for diagnosing gender dysphoria. It's actually quite different. You know, you said at the top that somebody might just want to be living as a different sex. It's not a different sex, it's a different gender. But even apart from that, it's not just wanting. You have to actually show persistent uh, identification with the other gender, often suicidal ideation. You know, I have a lot of friends who have kids who are either transgender or non-binary in some form, and these kids are suffering. I mean, this is real difficult situations that these parents find themselves in, uh, which is why parents and, and their children hopefully can make the right decisions medically for their child. There's no analog to any of that in this uh, sort of bizarre. I, I don't know if phenomenon. you if you
0: listen to Five Star Bunny, um, for my whole life I felt a part of me was missing. I, I, I guess why why are we to believe? Young children, as young as three, four, five, six, who say, I don't feel comfortable in my skin as a boy or a girl, but if they say, I don't feel comfortable as an Egyptian or a Ukrainian, then we don't believe
2: them. Yeah, I I don't think it's really about belief. I think your question is exactly right if what we're doing is about just believing what five-year-olds tell us. Uh, If somebody presents with a case of of possible gender dysphoria, they're evaluated. They're evaluated by professionals, and those professionals uh, have standards in their profession for evaluating cases of gender dysphoria. Uh, This thing about I might be a different race, apart from all of its problematic consequences that you just mentioned – is not a phenomenon that's recognized by any mental health organization. There would be no specialist who would you know, do that diagnosis. And so in both yeah, cases, but, but, we don't just listen to kids I mean, and, then, we, and then take those to Shouldn't the we
0: investigate these things, though?
2: Sure, why should we just dismiss the APA looking into this phenomenon to seeing if looking and seeing if it's real, if it makes sense, if it's causing the amount of suffering? But on, hold on, hold I have trans friends on, hold on, hold on. who suffered for years, even decades, uh, in ways right, but, that you or I might not be able to really, you know, understand. Right,
0: but why, why should it go? Why shouldn't it go the other way? If people say they are suffering. And we would always believe people and not just say, well, we don't don't don't...
2: necessarily just reflexively believe. We then match what they're reporting up against scientific standards, right? This is science. This isn't a matter of opinion. So when somebody is suffering from something that might be gender dysphoria, that gets checked out, right? And it gets checked out according to a very specific set of standards that, again, have been developed over 40 years, uh, if not more.
0: I I understand that, but my my question is if we're not on to something that if people can be transracial, let's just put it aside for a second, if they can be in the same way they can be transgender, doesn't that then call into question all of the things that we have spent the past four or five years debating, diversity and equity and inclusion and all that, suddenly it turns all that on its head in, in so much power that's been gained by so many people over the transgender debate, Suddenly becomes kind of farcical, doesn't
2: it? Well, that's a big if. I mean, if the moon is made of green cheese, then maybe I can serve it at a French restaurant. But it's just not the case that because some kid says something, that that might be the case. First of all, there's a very small number of kids on TikTok and YouTube. But even apart from the number, sure, I think this would be a great opportunity for a professional organization to investigate the science behind this phenomenon.
0: 50 years ago, any child who said they were of a different sex, felt they were of different sex, was considered mentally ill, I mean, if in 50 and it was, years, for, and it was if forbidden. in 50
2: years the APA and other medical organizations, I'm not a scientist or a physician. I follow the experts. So, why, so, right? why so if in 50 right, but, but, years this becomes point, a phenomenon, then maybe we would cross that bridge. But it looks to me as though there's a false equivalence here between some kids who, honestly, if you read that NBC News story, I feel a lot of compassion for these kids. I mean, they're saying they're hearing voices inside their heads that are telling them things. So these kids may actually Have some kind of evaluation, as you would have for any child uh, who presents with symptoms of possible gender dysphoria. It's not some rubber stamp that we just believe them. We get that evaluated by experts over time.
0: We've done a lot of stories, though, about schools that if a child presents and says, I believe I'm a different gender, they have to go along with that.
2: If the schools are at variance with again what the AMA and APA are saying, then yeah, that's worthy of reporting. But But, but as a phenomenon, again, there is no comparison between a handful of kids on TikTok saying that they identify as a different race, which again has all kinds of sort of problematic aspects. Like, what does it? But why is it? Hold on, Jay. Jay, Why is it?
0: No, hold on. Why is it problematic? And and I'll give you the last word. I promise. But you keep saying this is problematic. But in terms of transgender, it's not problematic. And, I, and I'm trying to understand, you, you have this deep, deep belief in science. I'm, I'm old enough to remember when science has gotten a lot of things wrong. I'm just curious as to why we're supposed to believe science,
2: quote unquote, rather than these children and say that they don't have a sincerely held belief. I would say that if this is a sincere belief, then the scientific community will take it up. And if after 40 years, as there's been that period of time understanding gender and sexuality, the scientific consensus changes, then our attitudes should adjust to the science. Mm -hmm. Uh, But right now, that's not where we are in any way. You you say, though,
0: it's it's just kids on TikTok. I mean, we go back to 2015, Rachel Dozell. I think you remember her. She was the woman who was the head of the NAACP. Take a listen.
3: We don't have a vocabulary to really express racial fluidity, so. Um, but I do like the term trans black. I wasn't born this way, but this is who I really am. Uh, uh,
0: again, if we are to accept people for who they are, which we're told over and over and over again, I mean, the, the whole point of a lot of the civil rights movement has been accepting people by who they are and who they say they are, and the, the gay rights movement as well. I'm just wondering why you're so reflexive against accepting these kids, Rachel Dozelle, anybody else? Oh, I, is who I don't think they I'm are. being
2: reflexive. I'm just waiting for the experts to tell me that this is a real phenomenon Boy. and not a very small fringe phenomenon. Again, I don't know, Leland, if, if you have friends who are trans or gender nonconforming. I certainly do. I've listened to their experiences. I've gotten to know them as people, and I didn't get it at first either. You know, when I first okay. d- encountered transgender phenomena, I remember when I was growing up, it was a joke. Transgender women, it was—we made fun of those people. But then I actually listened to my trans friends and allies. And I found out that I was wrong. So if that's true in this case as well, then that, again, I wrote that book, God vs. Gay, to suggest that this is a journey of moral conscience that we're invited on. And if our prejudices get contradicted by the facts, that's a journey we should take. All right. Fair fair enough. You have a lot of of faith in the experts, uh, and we're glad
0: to have had this conversation with you. It's an important one. Uh, You've got a reasoned view of it and a fair one as well. We're glad to have had you. Thank you. My pleasure. Yeah, thank you. The Chinese-linked company that operated an illegal potential bioweapons lab in California now wants to reopen a brand-new lab near an airport in California. We've been covering this all week. Nobody else has. New court documents show at least 20 infectious agents, 800 different chemicals, and 1,000 disease-ridden mice, some of whom were bioengineered, were found inside an illegal lab operating in an abandoned warehouse in Reedley, California. Hmm. Court documents show people associated with the lab told officials from the city of Reedley and Fresno that the companies that allegedly owned all of this stuff were located back in China. The South Central Fresno Medical Manufacturing Company, whose 1,000 mice and thousands of gallons of biological material wound up in the Reedley warehouse, evidently only needs approval from the city of Fresno to now move in. Universal Meditech is actively seeking clearance from the city of Fresno to reopen at a location across the street from Fresno Yosemite International Airport. wonder if there's any flights to China from that airport. We'll see. Last night on the program, the Fresno, California City Councilman said people have a right to know about what is going on and why you could have such a dangerous lab operating In a residential neighborhood without any approvals, and nobody seems all that concerned about it.
1: The fact is, we don't know uh, much about these folks. We don't know if this is a company that is sponsored by China. I certainly suspect that it is. Uh, You laid it out right. How many other labs are going on? Also, a lot of this uh, material was disposed of illegally. Uh, We believe it went to a landfill. And as uh, you mentioned, our country was decimated by COVID-19 from a Wuhan lab, and this seems to be a Wuhan lab 2.0 in
4: Reedley, California.
0: Hmm. The county had been made aware of the illegal lab back in March. The public was not made aware until July 25th. Joining us now, Edward Smith, reporter for GV Wire, covering the federal investigation of the unlicensed lab in Fresno. Wow. All right. Do we have any idea who owns this thing and is actually running it?
3: There
5: are some court documents uh linking a number of people to the Chinese lab. Uh I shouldn't say Chinese lab, to the laboratory in uh in South Fresno. Um they they recently changed CEOs uh this year and um Yeah, so that those people, we haven't been able to get a hold of them. We have reached out to some of the other people named in the court documents. But as of right now, um, we don't we haven't been able to contact uh, be in contact with them. Uh, Wang Zolin, uh, the mice
0: were genetically engineered to catch and carry the covid-19 virus. Uh, Yakim Yao, president of Prestige uh, Biotech, uh, on and on and on. How is it? Just in any way possible that these people would be allowed to reopen a new lab after having a lab with HIV, pneumonia, I think it was rubella as well, hepatitis, malaria, E. coli, herpes. They can have all of these pathogens that you're supposed to have airlocks and God knows what else in terms of safety protocols in place. They had none of it and now they want to reopen?
5: So the Reedley city manager described the operation in Reedley, which is more of a warehouse than a lab, uh, described it as they were operating under the cover of night. Uh, they had some disputes with their landlord. Um, in south central fresno and from what it seems like they moved their material to Reedley, having been an, unable to find a location in fresno and so they were they signed a six-month lease there so they were just temporarily keeping it there and what the Reedley city manager described it as is that they did not want to be found because they knew it was going to be temporary so they do have a new building has been built across the street from the uh, from the airport, um, the developer described it as a spec building, meaning that they didn't have a tenant, but uh, they are one, they are the mm. main applicant for that building.
0: All right, so Edward, look, you, you and I are, are both reporters. I used to be on the street as well, and when people go to great lengths to hide what they're doing or where their money comes from or who owns the companies, you got to start asking more questions. And do we really have any idea? why they had a thousand mice, they were engineering them to be infected with COVID and they had all of these really serious pathogens in some warehouse that they were trying to keep secret.
5: So the what uh, county officials are telling us is that the, the materials that they had there, including the mice, uh, wouldn't have been out of the ordinary had they had. The, uh, the proper licensing and permitting. Uh, now granted, they did have quite a few alarming, uh, materials, but, um, as, as, per the county health officials, nothing there was out of the ordinary had they had the proper licensing. Now, uh, some of that stuff was not properly kept. Um, the, they, were discussing, they were begging to keep the power on just to keep the freezers, um, just to keep the, the freezers cold.
0: Yeah, but, but do we have any uh, idea what this company does or purports to do and might actually be doing. I mean, you can understand how it's kind of scary.
5: So they, uh, they do manufacture pregnancy tests as well as COVID tests. They actually, there was an FDA recall on, uh, COVID tests distributed by them, uh, because they did not receive the proper FDA recall. There was actually also a, uh, a lawsuit against, uh, there was actually a ruling against them for, uh, another health company out of the East Coast, uh, $2.3 million. Um, and some of that was the, the the contractor was not happy with the suppliers that they were providing, with the supplies that they were providing. Yeah.
0: Making pregnancy tests and defective COVID tests. It almost sounds like a perfect cover story for something else. I know you'll keep investigating it. Thanks, Edward. Thank you. An angry Taco Bell customer. And, yeah, he is evidently very angry. So angry, in fact, he wants $5 million in damages over his Mexican pizza. Bringing new meaning to the old ad.
6: Yo quiero Taco Bell.
0: Right. Chihuahuas don't talk, and your burrito's not going to look like the burrito in the ad. But that is not stopping lawyers from trying to get rich off of it. A class-action lawsuit from customers alleges the company misrepresented the amount of beef, beans, and other ingredients in their ads. For example, the Crunchwrap Mexican pizza wrap and other items. On September 20th, 2022, planter Frank Sergosa purchased a Mexican pizza at Taco Bell in Ridgewood, New York, for $5.49. You can see what the ad shows and then what the pizza actually looked like and some of the other products at Taco Bell. The lawsuit seeks at least $5 million for Taco Bell customers who bought the five items in New York State in the last three years. Joining us tonight, Consumer Justice Attorney Anthony Russo who represents the unsatisfied customers in that proposed class action lawsuit. Anthony, uh, it is good to see you. Uh, Really, does anybody believe that what is in the ad is actually what your
7: chalupa is going to look like? I think that most of the time people think it's going to be somewhat what it looks like, Uh, not this kind of egregious difference. Okay, and therefore they
0: should not they maybe shouldn't go back to Taco Bell again? Or at what point
7: do they deserve $5 million? Well, not to focus on the $5 million. Uh, you've had several of these lawsuits, Burger King, uh, Wendy's, McDonald's. Uh, the, the $5 million, the amount in, in jurisdiction, is, these are jurisdictional amounts that have to be pled to get the case into the court in the first place. Numbers could be drastically different one way or another, depending on how many people are in it. The bigger issue is that really it's, it's a consumer awareness issue that, you know, it's a slippery slope. If you start with fast food and small items, what's to say it won't be a car misrepresented or a house or something worse? No, it's, I, it's I, I,
0: get the, I get the concept. I guess if it's fast food, people stop going to the restaurant. If it's that bad, it seems to be people are still buying Taco Bell. But think about class action lawsuits, which is what you want this to be. And I, I get the business model and you say you're holding – companies responsible. Coke, $2.73 million in legal fees. Consumers received zero. Subway, $520,000 in legal fees. Consumers received a coupon. Volkswagen, $175 million in legal fees. In that case, consumers were able to to give their car back. Anthem, $41 million in legal fees. Consumers received less than a dollar. I, I get the idea of lawsuits, and you brought up Wendy's and uh, McDonald's and others. But in the end, isn't it that the consumer ends up paying for this, right? Because you get a big legal, bunch of legal fees. We all get a coupon. And then Taco Bell raises the price of the chalupas to pay for the legal
7: fees. But that's not always the way it is. We went down this road last time with McDonald's. Uh, that hasn't resolved itself. Those are years and years of working on it. And it's really about the change. It's not about making sure that somebody gets paid. It's about the change the change in the, in the attitude and the behavior and the accountability. So so are you just being altruistic about this? Well, for the most part, this is an altruistic class action suits are really altruistic in their nature in that they try to bring about change using a large class as opposed to an individual lawsuit. If somebody takes somebody sells you a bad car, you're going to come to me. I'm going to go ahead and sue them to get back your the money you spent or the product that you bought. This is just on a grander scale. And there's only few vehicles in which you can do that.
0: I, I get that, but isn't there a point to be made, to be, to be fair, and, and look, we're not a fan of anybody getting ripped off by Taco Bell or anybody else, but isn't there a point to be made that in the end, the people who pay the most for this is the consumer to pay the legal fees, and if people were all that upset about Taco Bell not filling the chalupas or the Mexican pizzas with enough beef, if enough people don't eat the Mexican pizzas, then Taco Bell's going to change the way they do things, would they not?
7: The class action structure, as I know it for doing this for 30 years, is that the amount of money that is given in legal fees, if that's going to be the focus, is significantly small compared to what is doled out. It's just you're dividing you know, uh, a number by so many different people, it comes out to be a very small number. What kind of recovery can you have if it's a $5 item?
0: Yeah, the number I always hear is about a third of the lawyers, but maybe I, maybe I have it wrong. All right. Hey, Anthony, I got to tell you, I always admire you being willing to come on and talk about this stuff. You're, you're fighting for the consumer, which is something we appreciate uh, as well, and uh, companies aren't going to stop doing bad things, so we're going to have you back, all right?
7: I'm always willing to come back. Thank you.
0: Yeah. No, you always have been. We appreciate it. Coming up, problems filling the ranks across the board. It's not just the military. Police, too, are having trouble recruiting. How about citizens of other nations? who want to protect America. What does that say about America? And the financial pipeline from China to our nation's public schools, schools like the ones your kids go to, what the Chinese, the Chinese Communist Party, is getting for their money in your kid's classroom. Police shortages across the country have already become a big problem. They're becoming a bigger problem. In Oakland, you call 911, it could be 10, 15, 20 minutes before anybody shows up. The vacancies in police departments are so alarming in Illinois, for instance, that they are thinking about filling the ranks with people who are not U.S. citizens. Now, Critics say the idea, well, is just allowing a foreigner being able to arrest a U.S. citizen. House Bill 3751 would allow people who aren't U.S. citizens to become police officers in the state. Now, they do have to be in the country with legal work authorization. So these aren't illegal immigrants, these are legal immigrants, and have to meet all the other job requirements for the job, not just citizenship. That would make deferred action for childhood arrivals, that's DACA or DREAMER recipients, eligible, people who came here when they were very young, but came here illegally with their parents, with is now Barbara Hernandez, one of the sponsors of the bill, representative in the state of Illinois. I'm fascinated by this. Tell me, is the recruiting problem in Illinois that bad?
3: I think across the state is that... There's a big shortage of of officers, and not only in this state, but in the country. And we're not the only state that actually has adopted this new law. There's several states across the country that are, were doing it, and they haven't had any issues from my knowledge. But it's very important to make sure that we... Um, Inform individuals the correct way, saying that this is specifically for permanent residents and DACA recipients. Many people think this is for illegal immigrants. That is not the case. Currently, by federal law, I will agree that uh, ind- illegal immigrants cannot have uh, or purchase a gun. So this is why they cannot be police officers, and this is not a way to allow them to become police officers. This is specifically for permanent residents and those that are federally approved to work.
0: Yeah, no, it's, a, it's fascinating. Look, we, we've done this when it came to the U.S. military, right? The U.S. military is having an enormous problem recruiting to the point that they're now advertising in foreign languages for the same thing, for legal immigrants to be able to, to sort of get a fast track to citizenship by serving the United States. And I'm wondering what it says. That people who are not U.S. citizens are more likely to be willing to risk their lives to protect America, even if it be it, you know, on the streets of Chicago or other cities, than people who were born here.
3: I um, I think it's a, it's a fair assumption. I think there's a lot of individuals that have given their lives to this country, and unfortunately, were deported by being in the military as well. We we can't forget those individuals that went through the military and serve their country and then unfortunately got sent back to a country that they don't know. And that's what's happening right now with the DACA recipients. Many individuals were um, maybe not born here, but they grew up here. Uh, they were uh, brought Barbara, here Barbara, at Barbara, two we're, years we're, old. Barbara, and they we're don't getting know into a different a conversation
0: country. here. Hold on, Barbara, we're getting into a different conversation here. We're not talking about deporting DACA recipients. We're talking about, I thought you wanted to talk about people who were here legally, who wanted to or right. had legal status, who wanted to serve as police officers.
3: Exactly, and and that's why we're opening that pool. We're opening that pool of applicants to be able to become police officers in the state of Illinois. Okay. We have recently. So, received you know, I, I guess a few, what, I'm trying, what I'm trying to figure individuals out individuals across the country. Right.
0: What I'm trying to figure out: Chicago down 1,500 officers, New York down 239, St. Louis 20 percent understaffed, down 254 officers, Oakland down 500 officers. Our 911 system does not work. Residents now know that help will not come when danger confronts them. Worse. Criminals know that, too. That's from the NAACP uh, in Oakland's recent letter. So my question, though, is what do you think it says that people who have come from another country are more willing to sign up to be police officers than people who are already here and were born in America?
3: I think overall it gives an opportunity for individuals. That's what's giving um, an opportunity for them to be able to become police officers. And With your question, it's they're risking their lives in either military or here as a police officer, and that's what we need. I wish more people were willing to do so, but I know there's many of them go through different careers. However, there's a lot more individuals that will go for it. So I want to open those applicants and be able to have if they do want to give their um, service.
0: All right. We'll we'll see how this works, especially as it's harder and harder to to get people to be cops these days. Thank you very much, we appreciate it. Uh, Tonight, we are learning that the Chinese wanna have a say in what your child learns. It's an enormous accusation, and if it's true that they're influencing our school districts with money, it is an enormous story. Turns out it is true. The Chinese Communist Party has donated $17 million to K-12 schools through Confucius Institutes and other language programs It's happening in Seattle, Oklahoma, Texas, Tennessee, and even Minnesota. And these are just the schools we know of. Former CIA officer, FBI Special Agent Tracy Walder first alerted us to the issue and joins us now. All right, Tracy, look, the Chinese don't do anything if they don't think they're going to get a return on their money. Right? What, are, what are they getting? What are they teaching
6: our kids? So, well, let's let's first start with what Confucius Institutes are, and I really appreciate you covering this, Leland. Really, they are co- Chinese cultural and language immersion programs and institutes. They give that money to universities here in the United States, and then those universities partner with K through twelve districts. What it seems to be is that money is then sent to supplement these schools' foreign language programs, if they have, you know, Chinese. Um, And really, this is not allowing for the teaching of certain things like Tiananmen Square, Tibet, Hong Kong, Taiwan. And really, the Department the Department of Defense, quite frankly, threw their hands up in 2021 and said, look, if, if universities are going to continue to take money from this program, we will not fund those universities anymore. And they have until 2023 to stop doing that. And I think that's really significant. Yeah, no,
0: it's fascinating. Confucius Institutes in the United States, 10 active ones 111 closed institutes are in the process of closing. Awards scholarships to students in various academic fields. Provides free chi- Chinese language lessons. Often students get free trips uh, to China. 143 school districts in 34 states and Washington D.C. And I think what you make you, you make a great point, which is that these kids are are learning Chinese and a Chinese worldview and the Chinese communist worldview in these immersion programs. And what I'm trying to figure out is. Why this is being allowed, because I guarantee you there ain't democracy institutes funded by uh, USAID
6: in Beijing. You're absolutely right, Leland. There's obviously no reciprocity to this, right? Like we are not going over to Beijing and and funding institutes there. And that's problematic. And that is why the State Department back in August-ish of 2020 said, hey, Look, Confucius Institutes, you are a foreign mission. So now you need to start reporting what you are doing. You are operating as a propaganda arm of the Chinese government. Look, I was an FBI agent. I was our are, are
0: parents. Our are parents do parents have to OK this or is this just taught to everybody? Like, how, how does this work
6: that parents get to know that they're being taught these things? In My gut says, so I am a teacher too. I taught high school for 10 years. My gut tells me that, quite frankly, I'm not sure the schools even understand what this program is about and how it's being funded. I'm not giving them a pass. It is our job as teachers to research the curriculum, but I'm not certain that they fully understand. Quite frankly, I think a lot of them are happy that this grant is paying for a foreign language teacher at their school that they don't have to use their budget to pay for.
0: I guess my other question would be, and you know this from both your time at the Bureau and then at the CIA, is the Confucius Institutes are also used as fronts for lots of other things. I mean, we know about the Chinese police stations. We know about their illegals program. We know about their infiltration of U.S. universities. We know about their buying of a property near very sensitive sites in the United States. So we to believe, even, even if it, at the best, you look at a Confucius Institute and you say, well, it's just the way to teach languages and... China's worldview, it can be used for a lot of other things too, can't it?
6: I completely agree with you. And as you said in this opening, they're not doing this just because, right? I I don't think that that's the case. There's always an ulterior motive here. And I do think one of the things that they're doing is getting students exposed to, I guess what we could say, normalizing the CCP, which obviously I don't agree with. But I do think that's one of the things that they're doing is creating this view amongst younger folks, so college and high school age kids of China, perhaps making them want to go there and study, or perhaps making them have a favorable worldview, because those individuals then become U.S. policymakers and then may make policy that's favorable to them. And, you know, they're in it for the long game. China shut, uh, excuse me, Canada shut this program down in 2013. We still have it. Wow.
0: It says a lot if the Canadians are ahead of us. Uh, Oh, wow. Uh, And as you point out, China plays a long game, 100 100 years for them, at least. All right. Tracy, thank you very much. We appreciate it. And uh, really appreciate you calling our attention to this. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Turns out the NAACP letter calling out crime in Oakland was just the beginning. At a Tuesday night meeting, worried residents shouted down local officials who showed up defending progressive crime policies. The revolt against soft on crime policies continue to grow even in arguably the most progressive state in the country. Nearly 25,000 people have signed up to recall Oakland, California District Attorney Pamela Price. Last week Price's critics confronted her at a safety meeting.
4: Just to give you a criminal justice 101 anatomy, there's the crime. There's the report. We got Some it. people want to
1: know it because everybody's...
4: <laughs> that
0: video came from journalist Leighton Woodhouse. He says people in Oakland are fed up over the lack of punishment for criminals, many of whom are children. We talked to him about it, as you might
2: remember, on Monday night got a district attorney who believes, and she said this in an interview, that the DA has no role in fighting crime. Um, And her main purpose is to fight for racial equity in the criminal justice system.
0: All right, but the DA isn't taking all the blame. New polling from FM3 shows the city government also faces a fierce backlash. 63% of people say they disapprove of the job the city government is doing, a majority list homelessness and crime as the major factors. This goes all the way back to, well, May, when enraged citizens in Oakland took over a town hall with Councilman Dan Kalb.
1: Mr. Kalb, I've just articulated the biggest problem, which is Ms. Price. Will you today commit to endorsing a recall of Ms. Price and getting a DA who
0: And Councilman Cobb is with us now. We appreciate you joining us, sir. Do people have a right to be angry?
4: Oh, well, people certainly are understandably frustrated and and fearful of the increase in crime we've seen, not just in recent months, but on and off over the past few years. Uh, It wasn't always like that. We've gone up and down over over the past several years. And right now we're on a significant uptick. Uptick is a mild statement of the the violent crime that's happened over the past several months this calendar year. Yeah, no, we we know that we
0: we've covered it uh, up double digits uh, businesses have moved out i'm I'm wondering when is the time to say enough is enough to the progressive policies and to have a prosecutor who believes her number one priority is prosecuting criminals, not racial equity
4: uh, yeah I, I can't speak to what the uh, da's uh, procedures are she's only been on in there for six months uh, I know there have been um, you know, crime increases, substantial crime increases over the past number of years. before. you think the two DA linked? I'm sorry. I, I, what I said was I know there have been a lot of increases in crime over the past several years before this particular DA took office. So it, it's it's usually not a function of any one DA. There are a lot of factors involved. I can't speak to what she's doing right now. That's the county level. We're focusing on getting more police hired and making our neighborhoods safer. That's what we're trying to do, including no, I, investigating I, I, I
0: I, I, I get that, but I'm still trying to figure out why if you have it a meeting where people are demanding the DA be recalled and you support them and you're one of their elected representatives, uh, and this is a DA who clearly isn't interested in prosecuting crime, why you wouldn't support that?
4: Uh, yeah, I, you know, I haven't really thought about a, a recall. She's only been in office for five or six months. Uh, really, I'm not here to defend her. I'm here to talk about what the city of Oakland is doing, not the county of Alameda. What the city of Oakland is doing and can be doing to reduce crime in our neighborhoods. And I think we're yeah, trying to do working. a of things. I'm, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. I said it's not working. Uh, well some things we we're doing uh, have a have a positive impact, other things we have to do even more um, okay. yeah, every, every police chief i've ever talked to, including our current chief previous chiefs, and even in other chiefs in other cities, has always said it takes a comprehensive approach, a multifaceted approach to reduce crime, and the police are part of that approach, but as we know, we need a multifaceted effort to make sure okay. we reduce crime that's not that's not progressive yes. policy. That's smart All right.
0: policy. No, I, 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 I understand the point. All right. Councilman, thank you very much. We appreciate you being with us. Thank you, sir. Coming up, Is the war in it? Ukraine marches on with no real end in sight. Chris Cuomo, you might remember, was there. Some alarming new findings coming up. And whether or not we might finally need to encourage the Ukrainians to negotiate.
7: Coming up next.
2: Ew. Gotta get rid of this old Backstreet Boys t-shirt. Tell me why. I've washed it so many times but the odor won't come out. Have you tried Downey Rinse and Refresh?
5: It doesn't just cover up odors. It helps remove them. Downy Rinse and Refresh removes more odor in one wash than the leading value detergent in three washes. Find it wherever you buy laundry products.
6: This back-to-school season, Downey and Tide are giving back with $1.5 million in scholarships. Enter to win. No purchase necessary. U.S. and D.C., 16 year older. or end September 30th. Rules at Downey.com slash scholarship slash official rules.
7: The United States States Deputy Sheriff's Association is a national nonprofit and the largest non-governmental provider of services to law enforcement. The USDSA assists city, county, state, and federal agencies with free safety equipment donations and officer survival training, along with cash donations to families of law enforcement officers who perish in the line of duty, a citizen awareness program, and more. For more information on United States Deputy Sheriff's Association, please visit usdeputy.org.
6: While serving in Iraq, our vehicle was hit. They didn't think I was going to make it. I'm Latoya Lucas, and I'm a veteran. I had to learn to live with the scars, both visible and invisible.
7: DAV helps veterans like Latoya get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year.
6: My victory is overcoming my wounds so I can help other veterans.
5: Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Hi, I'm Ryan Blaney, a third-generation race car driver, and I dedicate a lot of my time going fast. But when my grandpa was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, it was a very unexpected bump in the road for us. It's important to notice if older family members are acting differently or having trouble with routine tasks. Early detection of Alzheimer's can give your family time to explore support services and access available treatments. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. Visit alz.org slash time to talk, a message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council.
7: The Reliability Guarantee, only from Dish. Tuned in to you.
6: Martial arts is my passion. I work out whenever I can. In mid-2017,
0: we received the news that nobody wants to hear,
6: your child has cancer. St. Jude made us feel that everything was going to be all right. It's like an army of people working together, following the same dream, which is getting a 100% success rate for curing
0: childhood cancer.
7: Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org.
4: In a single moment, everything can change. When a player's sudden cardiac event brought a
5: national football game to a halt, it shone a spotlight on the importance of CPR readiness.
0: Now... With youth sports in full swing, the American Heart Association is rallying parents and coaches to be ready in an emergency. To be ready, learn hands-only
4: CPR. It's a skill anyone can learn in minutes. Visit heart.org handsonlycpr hands-only CPR and become a lifesaver today. Babes, what are you doing? What? I'm just mowing the lawn. No, it's blazing hot and dry out here. Don't you remember? Smokey Bear says...
2: Avoid using power equipment
7: when it's windy or dry. Where'd you learn this?
4: Oh, it's on...
7: SmokeyBear.com, with many other wildfire prevention tips. Right. Thanks, honey bear. Because remember, only you can prevent wildfires.
2: Brought
4: to you by the USDA Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council.
6: When I treat myself, I want it all. I want layers of velvety ice cream. Indulgent sauces and a chocolate shell that cracks so loudly that everyone in the room can hear it. Indulge now. Magnum ice cream doubles, minis, duets, even non dairy. Magnum ice cream. More is more. Discover decadence in store or online at magnumicecream.com.
7: Armada! <laughs>
0: Hmm. 524 days after Putin launched his invasion into Ukraine, the war now is at a stalemate. What's more concerning is we've spent a lot of time and money training the Ukrainians, and there's no real off-ramp in sight. Even worse, it appears that our training tactics haven't done much to help the Ukrainians. From the New York Times, Ukrainian troops trained by the West stumble in battle. Ukrainian military commanders have changed tactics, focusing on wearing down the Russian forces with artillery and long-range missiles. Translation, It won't be long until the Ukrainians are asking for more missiles, even though our stockpiles are already dangerously low. Chris saw the conflict firsthand during his trip to Ukraine. And with us now, Chris, I know it's something you've been talking about we have as well on the show. At what point do we say to the Ukrainians, it's great that you're fighting Vladimir Putin and that's fine. But at some point, we're going to have to decide that we get a negotiated ceasefire and aren't going to keep funding you until... Uh, you know, the cows come home and you kick everybody out of Crimea.
1: Uh, My understanding is that it is Russia who has not been open to going to the table and that the United States has been uh, fairly consistent uh, in saying that as soon as they want to talk uh, in a way that uh, makes a possibility withdrawal from Ukraine, uh, then we'll sit down. And my understanding, and I heard it from President Zelensky's own mouth, is that he has no problem on uh, negotiating terms that get them completely out of their territory. Oh, yeah, 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 no, 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 see, no. Right-
0: yeah, no I, I agree with you on that. I'm talking about saying to the Ukrainians, look, we're not going to just keep funding and sending you as many artillery shells and missiles as you want. You're going to have to give up a little bit of eastern Ukraine, maybe not permanently, but say, look, we're, we need to have a ceasefire here. We need to put an end to the bloodshed. We need to put an end to depleting U.S. military stockpiles. If that means a ceasefire with some Russian staying on what is Ukrainian land for a little while, so
1: be it. I have no problem with the premise. It's just that they're not the aggressor. So you yeah. have to have the aggressor stop attacking. You're not, you know, the idea of telling me to have peace negotiations when you're punching me in the face. Stop punching me in the face and then we'll have peace negotiations. So... Uh, what has changed the calculus a little bit is Ukraine's aggression in Crimea. Uh, the reports that there are Ukraine sympathizers, uh, like civil, civil rebellion going on there, yeah. I think overstates the case. Uh, you know, they're putting a lot of assets to play in Crimea to kick the Russians out. Uh, I can understand their argument. I can also understand um, the Russian cultural argument. Of course, their means of annexing Crimea uh, flagrantly uh, broke international law. Uh, the only part I don't worry about that you raised as a concern is our stockpiles. Aren't the issue here. We're giving them weaponry that don't make sense for us to use in conflicts anywhere else. This is old technology. What's going on over there is closer to trench warfare than what we engage mm-hmm. in anywhere else I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, interesting. All right. Well, I know you guys are coming to Nat tonight, uh, on the show. We'll be, uh, we'll be watching. Thanks, my friend.
1: I hope it ends, brother. I'd love to be there to cover it. With you. Yeah,
0: there you go. Be a fun trip. All right. Good talking to you, Chris. We'll see you in a minute. Coming up next, uh, we have some predictions tomorrow for President Trump's trip here to Washington, D.C. for his arraignment. Those when we come back.
4: This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes
0: President Trump comes to Washington tomorrow for his arraignment. Haven't heard much about increased security or anything like that. The media has learned that nobody really cares about these events. We have some predictions for tomorrow, including why Jack Smith, the special counsel, really doesn't care whether these charges stick or not. You can tell by reading the indictment. We'll have that tomorrow. Chris is next.
1: Hey, I'm Chris.
7: Qu-